Are academics making a comeback on the Securities and Exchange Commission after nearly 25 years of being dominated by commissioners from law firms in the federal government? According to a Bloomberg BNA analysis, more than half the commission's 24 members appointed since 1993 left big law partnerships, congressional staffs, or other U.S. government posts. But the latest nominees, Hester Pierce, a senior fellow at George Mason University Mercatus Center, and Robert Jackson, a professor at Columbia Law School, School would put two academics on the five-person commission. Our guest is an expert in securities law, Professor John Coffey of Columbia Law School. Jack, why don't you start by telling us about your fellow Columbia Law professor, Robert Jackson? Well, I'm a great admirer of Robert Jackson. For a young person, he's had a, quite a range of experience. He started out as an investment banker. He worked for several years at the Wachtell Lipton firm doing corporate law and mergers and acquisitions. And he's been a professor at Columbia Law School for seven or so years. And he's a very experienced uh, empirical social scientist. He's done a lot of studies on hedge fund activism, litigation, and topics like that, which are very objective. So he is a case of someone who has had at least experience as an academic. Uh, Hester Pierce, I'm not sure I would quack qualify her as a law professor. Uh, she worked originally as a congressional staffer to the Republican side of the Senate Finance Committee. And that has been the pattern of really even more recent appointments to the SEC. They worked either for the Democratic or Republican chairman of the relevant Senate Committee, the Senate Finance Committee, that has jurisdiction over the SEC. From that perspective, they certainly do understand the political nuances, but they may not have had the same experience doing transactions and seeing how the securities law system actually works in practice. Well, Jack, um, Ms. Pierce is... Uh has come out publicly against the Department of Labor's fiduciary rule that keeps getting postponed and uh, might eventually get implemented. Uh, and I know the SEC has been looking at what they should be doing in that area. What can we expect from her um, if she gets confirmed? Well, let me um, put it this way. What I expect for the future of the SEC, we're going to have an increasingly polarized body with the new chairman, Jay Clayton, in the center and how he's going to respond to the struggle from both sides to get his vote will be the real drama at the SEC. As you mentioned, there's the fiduciary duty rule where our, our prospective Commissioner Pierce has taken a strong position against it. Uh, I don't know Rob Jackson's position, but I wouldn't be surprised if he would support the Department of Labor's rule. And certainly a Kara Stein, the other Democratic commissioner, does support it. So both sides are going to be struggling to convince Chairman uh, Jay Clayton, who's brand new on the job, but is reputed to be more of a pragmatist than an ideologue, uh, as to why the rule is either good or bad. An even better example would be a pending fight over whether the commission should permit companies to put a mandatory arbitration provision into their corporate charter. If they do that, it would simply make impossible any class action or any derivative action and would end the litigation threat under which a lot of public companies today are subject, perhaps desirably so. Uh, on that topic, uh, one Republican commissioner has already endorsed the proposal, and it's just something that I think Hester Pierce might be attracted to, which would present again this Republican-Democratic struggle to convince Jay Clayton as chairman which way to go. Jack, the Trump administration followed the tradition of nominating a bipartisan duo. There had been speculation 
earlier this year that only a Republican would be nominated. So is there likely to be any opposition to their nominations? Well, I think this went through because uh, the president decided to uh, go with the nominee given him by the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who got the choice from the Democratic side of the Senate. It is true that the statute says only that the SEC can't have more than three members from the president's party. But you see, it's possible to appoint independents. And I think that uh, Chairman Clayton is himself an independent, which could mean that it would be possible to add another Republican. What this really shows is that on this one occasion, the president and his staff decided it would be better to stick with the usual division between Republicans and Democrats, three to two for the majority party. And uh, uh, had he not done that, I think we would have had total warfare at a time when the president needs a little bit of constructive bipartisanship if he wants to get proposals like his tax program through Congress. Well, Jack, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you expect this to be a very polarized SEC now with the the two Republicans and the two Democrats arguing strongly to try to sway the independent chairman. But on something like the, you know, the fiduciary rule where, say, you know, you had DO, the Department of Labor Act rather than the SEC during the Obama administration, um, you know, and, and the SEC really hasn't taken action. Is this going to be a recipe for some amount of inaction, perhaps, on the part of the SEC on various hot button issues? I think that um, there is probably a majority in Congress that doesn't like that fiduciary duty rule. It is strongly, bitterly opposed by the financial services industry, and I think that uh, probably the Republican side of the SEC, including the chairman, is not going to run to endorse it and will seek to delay it. The uh, chairman himself has asked for a sort of a, a broad list of comments from the public. The public's being given a number of weeks to send in their comments. Uh, the public so far has been pretty enthusiastic about the rule, which says that the broker has to be a loyal fiduciary to the client. The other position, which uh, Hester Pierce has strongly endorsed, is that every customer should make his own choice. Uh, trouble is you don't really know what your, what your broker is doing until you find out much later. So this will be uh, a topic of a great deal of public discussion because it's popular with the public. But I would not expect that the commission will be able to get behind the rule. And how it's been, is it been since 2010 that it's had been authorized to come up with that rule? Well, there's no question that the past Congresses did give the Department of Labor the power to do this for at least uh, accounts that deal with ERISA or pension plans or other what I'll call uh, retirement savings assets. That's all the rule addresses are those assets that are in the the status of being an ERISA plan or other kinds of 401k plans that are covered by the Department of Labor's ERISA statute. So, Jack, just finally to sum up, will this SEC be any more contentious, this commission, than past ones? I think it could be at least as contentious, but we do have an unknown as to how the chairman will behave. What does he want to do? Does he want to have progress on some issues and hold back others to avoid open warfare? Or does he uh, want to play sort of the loyal uh, support for the Republican position? I have a feeling he'd probably like to get some things accomplished, and that will require some give and take and some attempt to get the commission on the same page. 
It's always a pleasure to have you on. That's John Coffey. He is a professor and a professor of securities law and white collar criminal law at Columbia Law School. He has indeed written the book on securities law. 